views expressed on the following program of those of its hosts and participants in no way reflect those of the staff or management of WNRI. The time for empty talk is over. Now arrives the hour of action. It's time for the John DePietro Show here on News Talk WNRI 1380 AM and 99.9 and 95.1 FM. He's a special kind of sentinel. Mr. DePietro, who is in the eye of the storm. Suddenly, John DePietro became the story. Radio talk show host, John DePietro. All right, here we go, folks. Welcome to lunchtime. Good afternoon, one and all. It's the John DePietro program. We start at 11. We go till 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at DePietro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com, no eyes. This portion of the program is brought to you by Henry Oil. Remember, call Henry Oil. They want to be your oil delivery people. Reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery, fuel oil, diesel, gasoline delivery online at henryoil.com or call them. Call Henry Oil today since 1947. 401-521-0200. 401-521-0200. It's Carmine. It's Lori. It's Henry Oil. Folks, it's uh, Wednesday. Let's bring him on. He covers Rhode Island for the Boston Globe. We want to say good afternoon to our friend Dan McGowan. Good afternoon, Dan. Good afternoon, John. How are you? I'm very well. Hey, I want to start off, first of all, uh, congratulations. What an event you had last week. As someone that has done live events, never mind where you guys are uh, situated, with a new building that a lot of people might not know where they are, but you did Roadmap Live, and it was tremendous having both Speaker Mattiello, Senate President Dominic Ruggiero. You made some news off it. But on top of that, uh, from what I understand, I mean, if you have a crowd of 200 in January on a Wednesday night in Providence, that, that is really, really fantastic. Well, thank you, John. I think you're right. I, I, the, uh, I, I'm sort of uh, was a little bit shell-shocked after that first event. Of course, we had some protesters. Yes. And, you know, the, the, the uh, first event, you know, struggles. And, uh, you know, you're, you're nervous all the way through. You and I talked last week before the event, and, and, and you want to make sure everything goes right. And <clears throat> I, I can't even uh, begin to explain how, how great it went. Uh, you're right. We, we made some news. You get the, you know, two of the most powerful people in the state, uh, you know, up there to, to answer uh, my questions and Amanda Milkovitz's questions. But uh, just what I think it proved and it, it, what it showed, I think, my bosses at the Globe and um, others here in the state was there is there is something here. There's a business here, of, you know, the ability to get a lot of people in a room, like you said, January, you know, on a Wednesday night. Um, you know, we think that there's a, a real impact that we can have. And so uh, we re- we're looking forward to doing more of these. I've got some really great ideas up my sleeve. And, um, and, and so th- all, all things uh, seem to work pretty well. And, and, and like you said, luckily, we also got to make a little bit of news out of it. I mean, are you thinking, when is the next one? Is the next one planned? Or does this become once a month? Does it become four times a year, once a quarter? What, what is it, the uh, game plan right now? Because, again, I can't it, stress enough that that is a phenomenal crowd. No my time of day. I mean, the Rhode Island thing of, like, well, I can't get free parking. I'm not going <laughs> um, to get them there. Uh, but what is the plan in going forward? 
So luck, uh, or ideally, I would say, would, would be if we could do it once a month. I think if we could get once a month where, you know, you, you want to have kind of a diverse range of, um, you know, of newsmakers there. And so, you know, not every month should be the governor or the speaker or the Senate president. But, you know, if you could sprinkle in the big, the big politicians um, and then, you know, try to find different ways, different newsmakers or, or uh, you know, Professor from Brown. I've got one who you and I could talk off air that I, I have up my sleeve for the next event, but we haven't yet scheduled it yet. We're trying to finalize some details. Uh, we're hoping for March as, as, the, as the third event in this kind of string. But uh, ideally, yeah, we, we would be able to do this once a month. You know, one of the things that, that we're fortunate to be able to do is we've got great space in this building, in the Wexford building downtown. Uh, you can't ask for an easier way to, uh, you know, it's essentially plug and play. You, you, you know, you basically pay for a room and you can do just about anything with it. Um, and, you know, the, luckily the Globe's got, you know, some resources, and so we're, we're able to throw a nice event. We're able to have an open bar and, and kind of entertain people. Um, and and you, you don't see a lot of those things in Rhode Island. I'll tell you a funny thing. When I was just in the beginning phase of, of coming to the Globe and I was interviewing, you know, I, I pitched this idea. I said, look, let's do, let's do events. Let's do them as often as possible. Let's get people in a room. We'll talk to them. We'll make some news out of this. And... Uh, the, the folks in Boston kind of laughed at me, and they said, boy, you know, it's really hard to do that. We, we just had, uh, I think it was Doris Kearns Goodwin, the, the famous author, and I said, we don't need Doris Kearns Goodwin. We could do it with, with very local people, and I think it would work because Rhode Island doesn't have a lot of these. You've done a couple of these over the years, John. I have, and they're done. hard. Yeah, they're hard to put together, and so hopefully we can try to get this going once, you know, once a month. Um, and, and if we can, I really think it's a great way to make a, to, to make an impact and really show that the Globe is is more than just you know three reporters who are you know covering kind of the big stories. We're, we want to be sort of the fabric of the community in many ways. Yeah, I um I did mine too close together. The first night we had like two hundred fifty. But uh, the parking was a problem, and then people would go to the facility to try to get tickets, and then they weren't open, and then uh, it was just a lot of things. Uh, you learn a lot from doing it. You know, just as a suggestion, and we haven't talked about this, but someone that I would be very interested to see who has not done an event with the public in Rhode Island is Massachusetts Governor Charlie Baker. He I would go to see and hear and interact with. Such a great idea, you know. That's a that's a no brainer, and, and ideally, you know, we'd, you'd hope we'd be able to get them. What I'd love to do is actually what would be fun with that, and you and I are kind of figuring this out now on air. Is you know, you'd love to be able to get someone who covers him up there, and then have me or one of my colleagues do it. So then you can ask local Rhode Islandish questions, but then you can also have a you know a Rhode I or a Massachusetts reporter who kind of covers him closely that will be able to sort of keep him honest and, and make sure that he's not you know, just playing to the crowd. I think that would be a really great way to do it. How did you find, uh, Dan McGowan, the rapport between Speaker Mattiello and um, Senate President Dominic Ruggiero? I mean, obviously, it's one thing they put on a front, but how did, because they've had their back and forth quite a bit, up and down, and, um, you know, the Speaker and the Governor, I don't think you could get them maybe on the same podium, yeah. but how did, how did you just find the rapport between those, those two men? You know, I think that they were, uh, in many ways, in fact, they joked to me offline about this, that, that this was a sort of a, it, it was a good timing for them because they had the wiggle room of, 
knowing what was going to be proposed by the governor in her budget, but they were able to say, you know, anything that they didn't quite want to answer, they could wiggle out of and say, look, we haven't seen the final budget yet. We don't know how much you know, money we're going to get. So I, I think they were in, you know, they, they knew that they had some flexibility with their answers. And then they had both just been briefed on marijuana, on the marijuana proposal. And so they came in, uh, you know, a little bit fired up about, you know, they, they did not want that proposal in the budget. And so I think it was kind of a, a moment where they were both sort of on the same page. And so they seemed to they, they got along, I think, pretty well. Uh, but you can it, what's interesting is, you know, when it's uh, when they're maybe struggling on a, on a question. And I'll give you the example. The, the, during the climate change question, the speaker was fairly candid and he's gotten some criticism for this, for saying that, you know, he doesn't think there's anything Rhode Island can do uh, about climate change. The Senate president wasn't there to, you know, throw him a life raft and, 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 and jump in. He kind of let him keep talking and talking. And so you, you could see they're, they're not always going to, you know, they're not going out of the way to, to, to be friendly. But they were generally on good terms, I think, that night. Now, also, and I do like the fact... I think the speaker was very candid, and it played out to the next day. There you have Governor Mundo doing a, a bill signing with, with Save the Bay, and Matty Yellow's like, well, you know, I think climate, climate change is kind of a national, international issue. We can't have any impact in Rhode Island. I, I give him credit for this. He is consistent. I, I actually agree with what he's saying, and I think he deals, especially after this last budget proposal, he's dealing far more in reality than Governor Raimondo is. She was to great umbrage with what he said. Oh, my God, I'm the polar opposite. And and uh, and I know the Raimondo people thought it was a total slap. He throws that out the day before she's doing this big siding, and she made it such a signature issue. But I, I And I know the people with Uprise Rhode Island were upset about it, or Sunrise, whatever it is. But, but I, I, on that particular issue, Dan McGowan, I would say more Rhode Islanders are on board with Mattiello saying, listen, we're a small state. There's really nothing we can do. We're certainly not going to start you know, having people ride electric buses or gas tax or anything. I mean, it, it just doesn't make sense. I, I give him an A for his candor. Yeah, I, look, the one thing about the speaker, and I actually would say to his credit in all the years that I've, you know, not always covered him all that closely, but, but seen him at debates and, and cover, he, the guy is what he is, right? He believes in, in, in what he believes, and he generally is fairly candid about, uh, and strong, kind of strong-willed about where he stands on things. And in this case, I would say in fairness to him, he, he made it clear, you know, the pull quote from everybody was, well, there's nothing that you can do and nothing Rhode Island can do. His, the rest of what he said was, look, we've, we've, there's a bunch of things that we've tried to do. No, we do not agree, he and the, and the Senate president, do not agree with this idea of the, the gas tax being increased. Um, and, and, you know, that's one of those things where he's going to draw a line in the sand. But, you know, it, it, it's not as though he, he stood up. In fact, both of them said that very clearly that they do believe in climate change. This is not, you know, they're, they're not these you know, kinds of folks who say it's a hoax or whatever, they were just, he was just candid about saying, look, we're a tiny place and I'm not sure that we can do this on our level. Maybe the, you know, Congress should get their, their acts in order. So yeah, I, I sort of appreciate his, his candor. And, and of course, when we knew immediately folks were going to jump on that, he got a, a few boos in the room or, or I think it was a shame yelled. Um, 
and he knew what he was doing. I mean, look, he, 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 he wasn't coaxed into saying that. He knew what he wanted to say there. Uh, and he was trying to make a point that this is an, this is an international problem, not a Rhode Island problem. Uh, and so, yeah, you know, I, I, I give him the benefit of the doubt on that. I don't think he was saying there's absolutely nothing you can do. I think he was just saying, let's be realistic about it. Folks, good afternoon. It's John DePietro. We're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. And, Dan, uh, you're at a disadvantage uh, because I do a Facebook Live, as you may know. And one of the things that happens is I can see various people that pop in to tune in and who's yeah. tuning in. And one of the people that's watching and listening, and I want to see good afternoon, uh, and it's on his lunch hour, is the Mayor Cranston, Cranston Mayor Alan Fung. And a huge advantage I have over other talk show hosts, certainly, and other members of the media, is I grew up in, my family's from Providence. I grew up in Cranston, and I went to high school at Bishop Hendrick and Warwick. So there's three cities that I get consistent information out of, because I have so many different sources, is those three particular cities. And then, obviously, I live in East Greenwich and so forth, but anyhow. But something, and I'm not going to put you on the spot, but I'm just telling you now, and these are my words, not Dan McGowan, I haven't spoken to Mayor Fung. I have tremendous uh, affection. I voted for him twice. I think the world of him. I think the world of his wife. But I'm telling you right now, and I put it out yesterday, I didn't get it from them, but that his wife, Barbara Ann Fenton Fung, she is going to challenge Speaker Nick Mattiello for that rep seat in Cranston I, as a Republican. And I heard that Mattiello is livid at Mayor Fung, that his wife is going to run against him. I think she's a formidable challenger. I think with the turnout with Trump, it helps her. I think when people see Fung, she's different. She is a female. She could be a giant killer. She has pro-life behind her. She's going to have Second Amendment behind her. Dan McGowan, she's going to have unions and laborers behind her. I am telling you right now, that is going to be a great race to watch. Barbara Ann Fenton Fung challenging House Speaker Nick Mattiello. So I was glad you uh, you re you reported this. You know, this has been the rumor for a little while. In fact, I reached out to uh, Barbara Ann just a couple of weeks ago because everybody wants to know, you know, are you going to run for mayor? And then there started to be rumors about are you going to run for, for this, uh, you know, against Speaker Mattiello. I think your, your analysis here is exactly right. She would be very competitive against against Speaker Mattiello. I think, you're, I think having the Fung name behind you, um, and for good reason, I would imagine the speaker would not be thrilled with the mayor because I think the speaker has, generally speaking, had the mayor's back. Um, and, and we'll need to have the mayor's back again in this year's budget because Cranston gets a little bit of a cut in state aid. And so you would imagine that the speaker is going to try to restore that and, 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 and again, once again, have the mayor's back. But you're, you're right about this. Uh, if she decides to throw her hat in the ring, uh, especially if she gets the clear shot through a Republican right, primary where right. she doesn't no have to you know, waste resources, right. you have no goofy things. Uh, she would be an incredibly competitive and serious candidate. Uh, if you get a Frias race, that becomes harder because then you, you, know, you, you waste resources and it becomes you know, a silly internal fight. Um, but if she had the clear shot, I think she would be, you know, I don't know if she would be 50-50, but it, it could be a you know, 60-40 with Mattiello as the favorite where things could tip very quickly. I know Steve Frias. Um, I've known Steve a long time. I think Barbara Ann is actually, I think she's a better candidate. Um, for, for, he's run twice. He's come very close. If anything, you can make an argument that he's come that close, and I think she's a better candidate. Barbara Ann Fenton, a Fung Fenton. Fun, Fenton Fung, excuse me, B-A-F-F, B-A-F-F-F, Fenton Fung, excuse me, B-A-Fung Fenton, no, Fenton Fung, excuse me, I'm, I'm not trying to be silly, but her, 
it would also, it, it's, it, it makes you a giant killer. The race would garner tremendous attention. She is very, I've had her fill in, but she's very impressive on her feet. She's highly likable when you meet her. She's a different type of candidate. But the most important thing about this Dame McGowan, then we're going to jump on to something else, is this would make her the prominent Republican in the state. And I think that's valuable because her husband, who is that, has that title. He's term limited out. So he's no longer going to be the mayor. All due respects to Blake Filippi, he's not as well known, obviously. People are starting to know who he is, but he's still kind of an insider type of thing. That's right. But she would be the go-to Republican, plus she's a female, plus her husband was the mayor. I think she's a very formidable candidate. And when we look at what's going on right now, you have the Brit trial coming up, which is not going to be good for Mattiello. You have... You know, the controversy with the convention center. You have this still, last we heard, a grand jury, federal grand jury on that doctor in Cranston. The storm clouds are circling. I give the speaker so much credit because he is like the cat with nine lives. With everything he juggles and the guy every day keeps everybody in line and he's got the progressives coming, everything else. But she would be a very formidable challenger to take him out. No doubt. And last thought on that for me is just I, I think you, you nailed it. And let's be very clear. Cranston is going to be sort of the epicenter of political uh, you know, campaigns this year. Right. There's there's not a mayor's race. There's not a, a mayor's race in Providence. There's not you know, there's not the statewide offices up. You've got a, a hot race for mayor because it's an open seat in Cranston and you're going to have potentially a really involving the speaker where all eyes are going to be locally because remember you're not going to have a federal delegate it's not like jack reed's getting a serious challenger it right. doesn't look like you're going to see that from the from the uh you know langevin or cicilline cranston is going to be all the talk and and so i think you're right i think this could be very very interesting at the very least cranston's going to have a spotlight on it that it hasn't had in a long time it is in that district finally uh which that district had the highest president trump had his highest vote total in cranston in that district and those people are all going to be coming out. And, and I just think, again, nothing against Steve Fryers. I think she's a stronger candidate. She's a breath of fresh air. She's different. She's a female. Uh, I think the Mattiello corruption is going to catch up to him. And, and, and Fryers, as smart as he is, he's a little quirky, doesn't drive, takes the bus, kind of the here. I've heard people say, well, I wish he'd shave and this other stuff. She is very uh, engaging. She's, you know, a whirlwind of energy. I, I think it's going to be a good race. I want to go you, back you to know- Go ahead. Oh, one other thought as you were saying that that pops into mind. It's also not um, – it, it, she doesn't need a lot of on-the-job training no. in terms of how to no. run for the race because Mayor Fung has done this. Oh, he yeah. knows exactly where votes are. Uh, so, so both from ground game and then also on issues, right? Mayor Fung can tell her very clearly, you know, these are the things to focus on. Stay away from, you know, stay away from the national stuff or stay away from uh, potholes because that's a city council slash mayor thing. You know, focus on these three, four issues. Uh, I think you're right. I think it could be a very competitive there. Yeah, and he has, um, Mayor Fung has a 75, 70, 75% approval rating. Cranston. I want to be very clear. She has not announced it. Mayor Fung has not announced it. I am saying that is the rumor right now in Cranston that she's going to pull the trigger. I think it's a brilliant move. I think it's a winnable race. Uh, and, and I think it's a very good calculated move where you want to run and win. And I think she can win that race. I want to jump to, folks, again, good afternoon. It's Sean DePizzo. I'll speak with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Has a great story today. And I like this. It's different. I was thinking about this. 
I think they're going to revisit it, but it's how the local stations, it, and it's tough. Because I also find it, how do you cover this, and you have a story about in the Boston Globe, how do the Rhode Island TV stations cover the impeachment uh, trial of President Trump? Yeah, and this, John, stems from my experience working in local television. And, and a lot of people, you know, you don't quite appreciate this if you've never been in one of those newsrooms. And you know this from the radio, of course, the same way, is that people who are local television viewers, the loyal ones, the ones who you, who you actually make money off of and, you know, who you really depend on to see your ads, right, they're very stuck in their ways, right? If, especially if you're a daytime local television watcher. You want to see Days of Our Lives or General Hospital or, you know, whatever the, the, the show, Judge Judy and the the challenge that a lot of the, the the stations have is do we go with this and do we carry wall to wall the the coverage of a of a trial that um is is certainly there no one denies it's going to be interesting and, and it's going it's very important of course it's historic but it's also it is like watching paint dry, right? It's a lot of guys, you know, talking with that sort of marble background, and you're, you know, you're mostly just kind of making your case. It's a very slow process. It's not like a Judge Judy where you get 30 minutes and you're going to get a verdict and everything's going to be wrapped up nice and clean by the end. And the, the other factor here is, you know, on one hand, probably a lot of people say, well, it's their duty. You know, it's local television should air this. They're, they're affiliated with all these of the major networks, and everybody agrees it's important. But the, the thing that's very different about this is you have so many, so much access to, whether it be the cable channels or streaming online, you know, the, the, the stations now are not obligated necessarily to do it. And I think they're really taking a hard look at this. I think you had to cover it yesterday. You may have to cover it a little, a little more today. But going forward, if this is the thing that goes two and three and four weeks, it is really uh, – it's going to be a tough call for some of these stations to, you know, to say preempt uh, Jeopardy or or something like that um, in favor of a trial that's fairly slow-moving and there isn't a ton of action every day. I think they're going to bail out because times have changed. Uh, If I want to watch Ellen, then I want to watch Ellen. Then I – if I want to watch – the impeachment, and as someone, Dan, I, I don't know about you, I was struggling to try to follow yeah. it, and 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 it's, it, 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 this is not OJ, and this is not Von Bulow, this That's isn't right. anything exciting, this is, this is like C-SPAN, this is nonstop political speeches, I don't think the interest is there, I think the networks are going to see the numbers cra- uh, crumbling, to me, it's, it's, you know, a big rule is be where they're not. For instance, I noticed, like, you, you spoke to the news director in email with Channel 6. If I were Channel 6, I, I wouldn't be covering it because if I want to follow that, I'm turning to CNN. I'm turning to Fox. I'm turning to MSNBC. But there's a reason I'm turning to Channel 6 because I want to watch the fringe programming that they have. When the numbers come out and they're so low because I believe they're going to be, I, I think the networks are going to bail out of this whole thing. Well, you've seen. I mean, there's some now. Who knows? With impeachment, it could be it could be different. But I tend to think you're right about when the numbers come out. I think you're going to see this. You know, and you've seen this over the uh, during the Trump administration, where you know the remember the Kavanaugh hearing numbers were huge, and huge. everybody and you know that was they were, different. They were, yes, yes, that was twenty right. million. That it, was. It, and that was they were massive. It was also highly interesting, uh, right? It was dramatic. 
And then, and then you look at some of the, you know, the Michael Cohen hearings were, were did not do very well. They kind of no. bombed, actually. Yeah. And so I, I think you're right. I think this could be, this is one of those things where, where in, in a lot of the stations, let's be very clear, they're not forced to do this, right? That during the, the national programming hours, they're, they're, they're strongly urged or, or they are forced. But, you know, if, if you have a syndicated programming on, you know, The Price is Right, things like this, the shows that most people would turn on, especially during the day on local news, uh, you have the choice here, and and I'll say this, you know, I come from Channel 12, and so that's a CBS channel, and I'll tell you, the, the hardest two days of the year, uh, the first two days of the NCAA basketball tournament, because CBS covers that, you know, wall-to-wall, that's right. and your, your newsroom, the phone never stops ringing because people are upset because they want to watch whatever they're normally watching. They do not care about the college basketball game. And uh, it, it's a real headache for newsrooms. Uh, I, I, you know, did it for six years. I, I know. You know, that's an excellent point. And one of the problems also into the afternoon, and, and, it's, and it's what television is. Television now is everywhere people have in their kitchen. But what people need to understand is it's, it's just routine. If, if I come home from work and my routine is I get home, I put on Ellen, I have a snack, I relax, and I'm going to make dinner. If it's not on, it throws people off. And the same thing with NCAA. I think, um, I think in going forward, this Kavanaugh was easy to understand. This lady's making allegations. There was this going on years ago. Then he's going to defend himself. This is so inside with the Ukraine and blah, 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 and then shifts up there. I, I think... I don't think the numbers are, are going to be there. Folks, good afternoon. We're speaking with Dan McGowan of uh, the Boston Globe. But I'm glad you, you did that story, though, about the, the different television stations. I, I think they're going to just start to include it in there. They'll have an update in the national news. And, again, if, if you want to watch it, it's not like I, I'm turning to them and you, you couldn't see it. Um, there is a place that you can find it. Um, in the Boston Globe, the, uh, the paper this morning also covers – that Governor Baker had his state of the state last night. And the way I read the article, that in some ways he and Governor Amundo uh, seem to have a lot of the same themes. Yeah, I mean, you know, and this is probably no no surprise to, to anyone who, pay, play, you know, uh, pays close attention. If you think about it, Governor Baker is generally considered a fairly moderate Republican um, and, and, you know, sometimes gets criticism for being too moderate or maybe too to the left uh, for, for some people's liking. And then, you know, plenty of people here, of course, uh, think of the governor as maybe a little right of center or at least moderate. Um, and, and so they kind of struck the same chord. Remember, uh, Governor Baker is pushing pretty hard to try to get the, that, uh, the gas tax, you know, plan through. So he, he talked a little bit about climate change. You know, he talked about the investments that they need to make in education and housing. So it was, you know, you could have almost put the two speeches side by side and uh, and you you have very similar remarks and uh, again doesn't surprise me the, don't forget the governor uh, the two governors are are friendly they they actually you know uh, it's not just for show that they're actually good friends and so I, I think that they you know I don't think that one was copying off the other or anything like that but I think they do it does show you they uh, Massachusetts and Rhode Island have um, a lot of the same uh, priorities of course Massachusetts one it's much bigger their budget's much bigger and their economy is much hotter. Um, you know, their big, big struggle is with that with the transportation up there. I mean, it, it, the traffic going into Boston is uh, is insane, and and the trains are you know almost always delayed. It feels like you always see those stories, and so he all the people that she works with, 
and they live different places. But she has, they all fill out, they all live at 600 Chalkstone Avenue. And they sign the form with just an X, no signature. Never fall for that. When Gorbia says, well, we match up the signatures, an X is acceptable. Christine and her 10 people put, we live at 600 Chalkstone. And they hand it in. And then they get a ballot back, or I deliver it to them, right? Now, follow me. Follow this. No one, there's no resources to go and check to find out if Christine and those 10 people that she works with all live at 600 Chuckstone Avenue property. Zero. All fraudulent. If someone were to check, they would find out that 600 Chuckstone Avenue is not a, a residence. It's actually a business. And the people working there, they don't live there. They just happen to work there. But no one checked their ID. No one checked to see and make sure they live there. But it doesn't, there's nothing there. And Nelly Gobias and, and Ramundo will say, well, by penalty of perjury, if you sign that penalty of perjury, you could be. How many people, Gorbia, have ever been convicted by penalty of perjury of filling out a false voting form? Zero. None. No one. It's unenforceable. And what drives me crazy, folks, and it's so corrupt is when Gorbia and her like, when they'll go on with Pork Boy, well, they'll go on. You know, we've been, we've been calling the cackle the cackle. It's actually more the gasp. I've never heard someone say, ah, oh, ah, oh, everything's a chore. Ah, oh, we got to talk about this. Ah, oh, biggest offender, right? Granahan, biggest offender of Mattiello. Hide behind those shows. Corruption. But Pork Boy's the worst. They never question Gorbia about this stuff. They, they work hand-in-hand hand with the corrupt politicians. That board of elections should be blown up. The key, maybe Frank Marr should run for Secretary of State, for crying out loud. Now, Kenny, remember, you can get those magnets at Bory Graphics, one mile, B-O-R-I, Bory Graphics, one mile for Mark Ball. All right, it's John DiPietro. Now, I will tell you the latest on the cannabis situation. Open things up on the impeachment. I'm disgusted by it. This is a waste, you know, and they're covering it nonstop like it's the most important thing and every time i try to watch it it's another person just ranting on giving some long drawn out speech exit plan says frank about the president listen i know you don't like him cicilline what did pork boy say to cicilline i admire you i admire your courage can you imagine oh birds of a feather never um, it's really disgraceful, and it's despicable, and it shouldn't be allowed. I admire your courage. He doesn't have any courage. He, the guy shouldn't even be in office. He is a traitor. He sighed. You want to talk about foreign interference? You want to, Let's talk about foreign interference. What do they like to say? Russia was foreign interference? Ukraine? What does Cicilline like to say? The president was engaged? Foreign interference in another country? What do you call it when you allow all these Guatemalans who are not U.S. citizens, what do you call it when you allow them to interfere with our election? I call that foreign interference. You know, and that's the most frustrating thing. I don't hear anyone that represents this area down in Washington saying that anything that I agree with. Don't you feel that way? I just, I don't feel I'm represented. I'm completely against all of it. White House, none of them. They just follow along and they're just going to vote along party lines. 
What, why should we throw President Trump out of office? Why? Because you're still upset that he beat Hillary Clinton? And now Hillary Clinton has taken off the gloves and she's tagging Bernie Sanders? You know, the Bernie Sanders supporters don't even realize the guy's never accomplished anything. Doesn't want to work with anyone. And something that Bernie uh, Hillary Clinton is really coming out with now is Bernie Sanders and some of his supporters. Apparently, they, they call them the Bernie bros. They attack all the women online. I mean, they have so many problems right now. It's beautiful to watch. All right, 766-1380. Folks, I want to remind you about MEGA truck and trailer repair. If you have a business in Rhode Island or Massachusetts, you can depend on MEGA truck and trailer repair, commercial trailers, diesel equipment, free estimates, FHWA inspections, Rhode Island State Inspection Station, trailer pickup and delivery, 24-hour mobile service, ABS repairs, brakes, doors. If it's on a trailer, they can fix it with MEGA, M-E-G-A, MEGA truck and trailer repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 508-336-2110, MEGA truck and trailer repair you can depend family-run business over 20 years mega truck and trailer repair it's john DePietro 776 1380 you know it's still outrageous no ramifications with dot 54 million off and nobody fired 54 million off they projected 70 they only got 16 no one held accountable nobody fired disgraceful. Raimondo was making up those projections with a big roadworks project. All right. 766-13. You can email me, john at dipetro.com. A lot more ahead on this Wednesday. Do you own and operate a small business and you rely on communicating with your employees while they're out in the field? Well, if you do, this is the perfect time to make the switch to T-Mobile for Business. This is Sal with T-Mobile for Business, and I encourage you to reach out to me today at 401-332-0000. This is a perfect time to make the switch to T-Mobile for Business. Right now, we have unlimited plans with unlimited talk, text, and data. With no contract, great deals on iPhones and Samsungs, this is the perfect time to make the switch to T-Mobile for Business. Stop wasting money. Call me for a free consultation at 401-332-0000. Again, 401-332-0000. Stop wasting money with your current cell phone carrier. Call me today, Sal with T-Mobile for Business, 401-332-0000. For the best seats, immortal seats, call Michael today, 888-933-SEAT. Excuse me, 888-933-7328, immortal seats. Download their free app. You can also visit them at their office in North Providence right on Smith Street. Call immortal seats today, 888-933-SEAT. Download the free app, type in promo code 30OFF, and it's $30 off your first purchase. Celtics tickets, Bruins tickets. Tickets for Taylor Swift, Kenny Chesney, Motley Crue, all the best shows, Immortal Seats. Download the free app or check them out on Facebook or go to their website, ImmortalSeats.com. Paul Massey Buick GMC South is New England's number one Buick dealer with the area's largest selection and Rhode Island's number one GMC dealer. Get the lowest price anywhere. Paul Massey's one price plus true car equals our best price. Guaranteed. Lease a 2020 Terrain SLE front wheel drive for only $198 a month for 39 months with $24.88 due at signing. So shop Paul Massey, where every vehicle is clearly marked with our lowest one price. Hey, for your business, don't forget our friends. If you're listen, you're busy. 
you're trying to run a business and maybe you need help. Well, why not go with a family-run business over 20 years? That's right, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. And I'm talking about MEGA Logistics. Call them today, 401-431-2300. 401-431-2300. MEGA Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight, goods, third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight, supply chain management, routing, bill auditing, customer developing, you can depend on MEGA Logistics. Proven track record with Fortune 500 companies. Call MEGA Logistics today, 401-431-2300, 431-2300 for MEGA Logistics. You are listening to The John DePietro Show on 99.9 FM and 1380 AM. News Talk WNRI. All right, folks, and we're back on this Wednesday. Next hour, we're going to open up the phone lines, talk to you. I'll try to explain a little bit. It's a little inside. Cultivators oppose legislation to lift restrictions on pot. Folks, this is corruption at its finest, highest levels. And it all bears right down on Speaker Mattiello's office. I want to commend, by the way, um, Channel 12. They're reporting on this. Steph Machado reporting on this has really been fantastic. I was reading the Providence Journal article and by Tom Mooney, and I just think they miss certain pieces of the story. Hey, how about the story I'm looking right now? And for those that are looking for an exit, Rhode Island's single-family home price exceeds 280000 for the first time since the Great Recession. As the state house debate over the issue of affordable housing heats up, the median price of Rhode Island's single-family home has exceeded two eighty. First time since the Great Recession, sold in 2019, totaling to, uh, topping uh, 285. New data: the median sales price. So my point is, for anyone that's looking, if you are looking for an exit plan, right now is the time, folks, with the for sale sign. All right, next hour, the power hour is next. We'll take more of your phone calls. We'll try to see if there's any new developments with the impeachment proceeding. But it's John DePietro. Stay with us right here. The Power Hour is next on AM 1380. WNRI Winsocket. W236CW. W260DC. W-N-R-I.